Today, we look into the debate over the use of the term disability to refer to autism and whether or not it's considered appropriate. Welcome to Embracing Autism, a podcast for parents of autistic children seeking advice and support while spreading awareness and acceptance of autism spectrum disorder. I'm Leah. And I'm Matt. And each week we will discuss our journey with autism and talk about how to embrace your child's individuality while providing guidance, tips, resources, and sharing our personal stories. This is Embracing Embracing Autism. Autism. Welcome back to another episode. Today we're going to talk about the dirty word. Ooh, so many. Disability. There we go. (laughs) The D word. Yeah, not that D word. (laughs) (laughs) There are lots of D words. Yes, there are. So we're, we're talking about the term disability and the reason I say it's like the dirty word. I don't personally think it's the dirty word. I just know there's a lot of people who think it's the dirty word. Yeah, I agree. I don't really see it as a the dirty word as you phrase it. <laughs> because for me, I think of the context and the reason for it being used in the first place. I see a lot of t-shirts online through Facebook and such where it'll have like, I'm not disabled, I'm differently abled. So I feel like we're, as a community, trying to spin the word of disability to something else, which I mean, I understand words have power and they have meaning, but it seems like we're just trying to take the meaning of one and assign it to something else, which doesn't really address the concept as a whole of what the meaning of that individual word is or the context that it's being used in. It's just being shifted to a new word altogether. So I have two main problems with that, with the whole concept of we're not disabled, we're differently abled, or just any other euphemistic way of referring to disability. One of my major problems with that is when you try to take the disability out of disability, when you try to basically make it seem like it's not disabling, there's a couple things that happen there. One is from a medical and insurance perspective, they will look at you like, oh, you're not disabled. Cool. Problem solved. (laughs) Yeah. We don't need to pay for all this then. Right. So if you go on this whole thing where you're trying to advocate for it not being considered a disability, all you're going to do is strip people of their medical rights. The other problem with that is culturally, especially if you have an invisible disability. These are the types of people who probably already know this. People like me and you where we have invisible disabilities. And so to the public eye, unless they personally know us, they don't know that we're disabled. So we get treated differently. We get treated basically as a neurotypical person, which means they have neurotypical expectations of us. And then if we don't meet those expectations, it's always some sort of negative thing like, oh, it's because you're lazy, it's because you're dumb, or something like that. So if you take away disability, which is the part that says there is certain processes in my brain that makes this impossible or extremely difficult for me to do, if you take that away with the term disability, because that's what that term does, is it tells people that this is something that doesn't work right in your brain, then you basically give them an excuse to just treat you as if you're not disabled, which means they're going to treat you with negativity. They're going to treat you with, oh, well, then you should be doing this. There's no problem. There's no reason why you can't do it. Right. There's no additional leeway that you would give to someone. If I didn't know and I just met someone and they were very like rude to me and very matter of fact and didn't want to have any type of like small talk essentially and very just straightforward as is, I'd be like, wow, they seem kind of like cold, maybe a little rude. 
And then I find out after the fact, oh, no, they have a disability, they have autism, they have any other type of invisible disability. Then I'm willing to give more leeway as like, oh, okay, that's totally fine. Like, maybe they don't understand as far as like the small talk, because no one really enjoys small talk. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, they, I might be like, oh, okay, it's not that they don't like me or they're being rude towards me. It's just they don't necessarily see the need for small talk in this conversation. So I feel like the struggle a little bit is if you're willing to say, I'm not disabled, I'm differently abled, you're moving disability away from yourself, which means then you are under the guise of, I guess, neurotypicality, right? which means then you have to go by the same judgment rules environment as everyone else without being able to fall back on something else, essentially. So if you do need, I guess, I don't want to say the label of disability, you no longer have it. Right. You basically need the label to help create awareness so that people know that because you are disabled, you have certain necessities in terms of accommodations that will help you succeed in life. Being disabled essentially means I need accommodations. That's essentially what you're telling the world. You're signaling to the world, I need accommodations. I need certain level of care. And if you say I'm not disabled, I'm just differently abled, I just feel like that minimizes people who are severely impacted by their disability. So yes, you are quote unquote differently abled in certain areas of your life. Like perhaps you just have to figure things out a different way. Perhaps you just have to have certain accommodations. But saying differently abled, I don't think helps society understand what that means. If you tell somebody, I'm going to build a house, I'm just going to build it this way. And I'm going to build a house, but I'm going to build it this other way. Just right off the bat, you just think, okay, these are two totally competent builders. But if one of those builders is missing like two limbs and the other one's not, then you know that, okay, he's missing two limbs. I'm going to probably have to help him out with certain accommodations so that he can- Or allow more time Yeah, well, that's an accommodation. Right, complete the project. Which is like- not it's not negative that you're you know needing to give accommodations but i feel like it builds empathy it makes you a more empathetic human being if we start putting everybody under the same box i think honestly what that does is it takes away people's opportunities to be empathetic human beings and then we all just end up kind of dismissing people instead and i just feel like that's not really the way to go and i guess for me if i am one individual saying okay, um, I know my struggles of like dyslexia, but I'm not disabled. I'm just differently able. Then if there is someone else who is dyslexic, but they do need the accommodations by me claiming like, oh no, I'm just differently able. Then I feel like I'm taking away additional resources that they might be able to get because I'm claiming, oh, it doesn't impact me. You should be fine by all means, but you could be essentially taking resources from someone who actually needs them. Right. So, so let me backpedal here a little bit. I'm not saying or I'm not advocating for differently abled being something that nobody can use. I'm very much so like you do you whatever works for you. But what I am saying is that I think that if multiple people start using differently abled and it becomes like a big thing where a whole culture starts using it, at that point is where I think it could be problematic because then the culture shift could essentially impact how we think about disability. And if we think about it as something that's not really debilitating, then all these people in that community are not going to get the assistance that they need. Also, the idea of we're basically just shifting the meaning from, in this case, if it does pick up, you're shifting disability to differently abled. So in the future, then the term differently abled is going to have the same connotation as disabled, right? 
Right. It's kind of like when we change language over time and culture where we start giving new meanings to words that previously were harmless. So we move on to a new one and then the new word takes on that new meaning. It's kind of like this never ending cycle. You can keep changing the word, but in the future, that word will ultimately lose its meaning again and then a new word will come. So I just feel like the the easiest thing is to just keep it at disabled. But I don't think it's just a matter of it being easy. I also think it is a little bit about semantics. And I think worrying too much about semantics is a little bit of a slippery slope because we start focusing on the wrong things and taking attention away from the actual importance or significance of disability and why we use the term and what our goals are when we say somebody's disabled or somebody has a disability. So when it comes to the question of is the term disabled or disability considered derogatory? I will say that societally, I have at least personally run into a lot of vocal people who say, yes, it it is definitely offensive. I've heard people say that it is derogatory because you're essentially calling somebody incapable. But I don't think that that's, to me personally, what I view disability as. Me as a person with disabilities, I do not view it as being lesser than or being incapable. I just view it as my brain is wired in a different way. And I don't like the term differently abled because it's not clear what that means. Like my brain isn't just wired differently. It's wired differently in a way that negatively impacts me. And that negatively impacts is the part that people seem to have a problem with. Some people seem to not want to accept that there is a negative impact, but it wouldn't be considered a disability if it didn't have a negative impact. That's essentially the entire point. Pretty much everyone has some type of struggle in their life. You and I, I mean, we have our obvious ones that (laughs) we've kind of gone through multiple times. But I mean, even if you're neurotypical, you have something in your life that you might struggle with and not be as strong in that um, area as like the person next to you. So, I mean, we all have in some way our struggles and such. Right. And it also seems like whenever we change language from disabled to, for example, differently abled, and I only use that one because that's the one that's commonly used all the time. I just see it on t-shirts all the time. Yes, all the time people say differently abled. But whenever language is changed from things like disability to different ability, what that does is it minimizes what's actually being represented in the sense that disability, specifically in the movement of neurodiversity, when we're talking about autism, ADHD, dyslexia, all these sorts of brain differences, these are things that are literally physically different in your brain. So it seems like it kind of minimizes that there's actual physiological differences in how your brain is actually wired, how the neurons are actually firing, how parts of your brain are actually lighting up when you think about something or say something or try to communicate something or you feel something. Differently abled to me makes it seem like you just have a different way of doing something that is just as capable. But oftentimes when it comes to disability, it's not just as capable. You are doing something differently, but most of the time, because you're doing something differently, your brain is doing that thing in a really inefficient way. For example, one of the things that I struggle with is like slow processing and executive dysfunction. Yes, my brain is quote unquote differently abled. It does things, it is able, (laughs) capable of doing things in a different way. Does that mean that my brain is essentially equal to the neurotypical brain? I guess it depends how you describe or define equal. But in my opinion, what I'm trying to say is equal in the sense of can my brain as the computer processor process something at the same rate as somebody else? 
my brain can't do that. My brain is delayed. Mine needs to go three different paths to get to the answer, whereas your brain would go down one path to get the answer. So because of that, my processor is slower. It takes more time to get to the answer than you do. Whether that's good or bad, I don't really think that there is good or bad to that. I think that's all just a matter of environment and what you need it for. If you're in an environment that's really demanding for processing speeds, then in that situation, it's probably bad because you want faster processing. But in layman's terms, you know, just in the street living your life, you don't really need quick processing. You just need people to be kind of like empathetic and understanding. And there's no rush. There's no hurry. There's no emergency. But I guess the point that I'm trying to make is it wouldn't benefit me to say that I'm just differently abled because that doesn't explain to people that my brain is causing me to struggle in life. It's causing me to miss out on opportunities to be judged by people. It's causing me to have to take extended time when I do things, have to have difficulties and challenges with employees at work because we're not able to be on the same page because they can't understand how I have a different processing speed, how I need things presented differently. That is something that is disabling because it disables me from being able to work effectively. And I guess from, I mean, you have the disability of like the processing speed. So mine is kind of intertwined twine with that. I, for the life of me, confuse K's and H's constantly. And it's always been a challenge like reading. Like I feel like I'm okay reading to myself because I don't have to be embarrassed to myself because I know I'm, I'm not a quick great... spell Hanukkah. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> There's both. <laughs> but I mean, I'm okay reading to myself, but if I have to read out loud, I always panic and freak out. And it's the same thing with numbers as well. I have to read strings of numbers. I have to read individual digits. Now I could say like, yeah, I'm differently abled, but it slows me down in communicating something to someone else. If you ask me, oh, what's your sister's phone number? It would take me longer than if you ask the person next to me, oh, what's your sister's phone number? Because they are able to link digits better than I am, where I have to make sure I go individual digit so I don't make a mistake. It would be kind of a disservice to me if I just kind of go under that phrasing. The whole reason for this is it's simply because it's a social discussion where people believe that the term disabled has a negative connotation and therefore they're trying to distance themselves away from the disability. Because I mostly think of like, oh, if my friends were going to insult me, there's hundreds of other ways they would insult me rather than this one. But I'm just kind of stuck in that mindset of I'm not really sure why. Well, actually, that's part of the discussion. And that's really what's interesting to me is the debate that I've seen. People are saying that using the word disability or disabled is kind of like the modern day N word, like you shouldn't be calling people certain disability terms. But if you essentially deem the word disability as a word that you can't say, I think you're actually giving more power to the word. You're kind of reinforcing that negativity rather than trying to overcome the negativity. I'm not going to stop saying I'm disabled or I have a disability because that's what it is. That's what I'm struggling with. And I think the negative connotation is important because disability comes with negativity. Now, I'm not saying that we need to hyper-focus on negativity. I definitely think there are great and beautiful parts of neurodiversity. Obviously, we're huge advocates for it. But I do think that we get into kind of like a danger zone when we just say that neurodiversity is only beautiful, that it is only wonderful, that is only a different way of seeing things. I think there can be a balance there, right? So if it wasn't like you have to use differently abled as the alternative to disabled, I think there can be somewhere in the middle that we can meet. 
yeah, I'm disabled, but that doesn't mean that I can't do X, Y, and Z. Or just say, yeah, I'm disabled, but that just means that I see the world differently. And you can use both of them together. I think that's probably the best way of doing it rather than saying, no, I'm not disabled. I'm just differently abled. And I think you're right. I think there is a way that we can kind of find common ground or a middle point. So rather than focusing on only the negative connotation revolving around the term disabled or having a disability, we basically have to kind of break down barriers a little bit. Instead of just settling for awareness of disability or autism, I think we have to keep pushing until we get to acceptance. Because with acceptance, then the term disability doesn't have any real negative connotation of, oh my gosh, they just use like the word disabled. But if you're accepting of people in the community who are disabled, then it really doesn't make a difference one way or the other. Yeah, like to me, I think that the word disabled or disability is something that we should own. It's something that we should essentially take back. I think if we're getting to the point where we're debating the term disability, which clearly we're already there, it's kind of sketchy to me because you're essentially kind of othering disability. I know that that's not the intention, but by saying that disability is a dirty word or saying disabled is a dirty word, it's kind of like othering people. So it's kind of like saying like, hush, hush, don't use that word. It's naughty. And I don't really see it as a empathetic way. Personally, I feel like that is the goal. I think people genuinely think that it is better, but I honestly see it more as degrading to not use it because you're basically saying like, no, 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 you're not disabled. You couldn't possibly be disabled because disabled is bad. You're not disabled. You're differently abled. It kind of reinforces that being disabled is something that's undesirable if you are trying to change that term into something that appears to be more desirable. And it also is people might be become fixated on if you meet someone who is disabled, you are fixated on their disability rather than who they are as a person. I went to college with my friend who was born with only one arm. And you could tell people who would first meet him, they would kind of be like, not sure to how to address like, oh, you only have one arm. But nicest, funniest guy, I mean, played sports like crazy, would kick my butt in any video game we played. I mean, phenomenal. But I mean, he had one arm and was disabled. But it was always interesting because whenever you would meet someone or we, as a group would meet someone new, you kind of see how they were trying to tiptoe around the disability. But then as soon as anyone got to know him, no one really cared. It didn't matter at all if he had one arm, two arms, five arms. He was who he was and he was a great person. So, I mean, I feel like the same thing with the invisible disability. If you're able to break through the barrier and instead of just being like, oh, Jimmy's disabled and all we can really think about when we reference him is his disability, then you're doing a great disservice to, I mean, not just him, everyone who has a disability because all you are focused on is their disability and not who they are as a person. Yeah, no, that's a really valid point. And that's part of what I'm trying to get at here is we're arguing over the wrong things. And we're arguing as a society, as a culture, we're arguing when we should be uniting to tackle some of these things. We should be uniting to advocate to get more accommodations and acceptance and all that sort of stuff. But if we focus on these smaller, trivial things, we won't get to the point of advocacy because we'll be too busy fighting with each other, correcting each other's language and making sure that people are saying the right thing that we'll never get to the step where we're actually making a real difference. And to go with your example of your friend, I think that actually proves a really valid point here. And that's when you were talking about how people were uncomfortable approaching him, uncomfortable talking to him, not really quite sure what to say. I think that's what these sorts of debates create. When we are constantly like language policing or we are constantly changing up the language, because even if we say, okay, we're going to settle on like 
differently abled or this or that now. In the future, it's going to change. Like somebody's going to find something with that and then it's going to change again. And then it's never solid. It's always wavering. So when you have all this chaos in the mix, you really make it very difficult for people to actually connect with the disability community because you don't know what to say for fear of saying the wrong thing. You don't know what to do for fear of doing the wrong thing. There's a lot of people that I know with stories about individuals who use wheelchairs, for example. There's a group of people who like to have people be really polite and offer to open their doors for them and stuff like that. But then there's a whole group of other people that don't like that. They like to be independent. They want to be basically treated as if they aren't in a wheelchair. They want to be as fully independent as possible and they might get upset if you try to help. And so these kind of like mixed messages, I think, are really difficult for the non-disabled community to understand. And a lot of people don't know what to do with this. The more that we can see each person as an individual and the more that we can essentially respect each individual person's preferences and rights, I think the better off we are rather than trying to say as like a society or as a whole or as an entire monolithic view that X is the correct term or Y is the correct thing to do. I just don't think that's how humans work. I think each person is their own person and you essentially just got to get to know that specific person and see what they think is best. Right. You basically have to build some type of rapport or relation with the person who's disabled. Basically, if you're getting caught up with semantics, you're never going to actually build that relationship with that person. You're always going to keep them kind of at arm's reach and they will basically be, oh, the disabled kid because you haven't broken down that first barrier of getting past that in the first place. I'm going to make a really naughty joke here. Oh, gosh. (laughs) I think it's really inappropriate that you said to keep him at arm's reach after that story that you said. No, no. My my friend, he had like a a claw. I mean, I'm sure there's a prosthetic. Like, (laughs) Did you seriously just call it a claw? Well, because it was. was Yeah, I know what you're talking about, the little metal one. Yeah. But I mean, that's that's true, though, because everyone who didn't know him who would first come up, you could see their eyes gaze where they were kind of like eyeing it, not really sure. Like, oh, what can I even talk about? And he never referenced it once. And honestly, he would make a joke, I mean, about it. And then everyone would like lighten up like, oh, okay, he's not nervous about talking about like his disability or anything. And then from there on, it's never referenced again because you're friends, you have rapport, and then it's history. Yes. And for the record, we're only making jokes because this kid is totally cool with jokes. We're not trying to make fun of him or his disability. That's actually how he dealt with his disability a lot was with humor. So we are all about humor and making light of things, especially with our own disabilities. It's honestly one of the best ways to cope. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So I hope that that was really helpful. I think when it comes to the debate of disability versus disabled, whether or not we use that term or differently abled or whatever it is that you use, we just need to remember that each person is an individual. Each person might have their own preferences and maybe think about what impact that could have in the long term if we do change that definition. And I would say get out there and have these conversations with different people in your community. If you just met them, have a conversation about it. And of course, I mean, if you want to have a conversation with us, feel free to send us a message. Yes. And for the record, I'm not offended if you call me disabled. So if you want to tag us on Facebook and call me disabled, I'm cool with it. There we go. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds good. All right, everybody. Have a great one. All right. See you next time. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. In summary, today we discussed how avoiding the use of the term disabled or disability can unintentionally alienate the disability community and could ultimately lead to a loss of services or medical coverage. However, it's important to note that each autistic individual is their own person with their own preferences. And at the end of the day, it's best to simply have candid conversations to learn more about their unique needs as the autism community is not a monolith. 
Tune in next week as we open up about an autism parent's biggest fear and answer. What will happen after I die? Who will care for my child when I'm gone? And is there anything I can do now to help prepare them for a future without me? This is Embracing Autism.